Well, friends, uh, we want to say thank you for giving up your evening or at least a few minutes of your evening to get to know Radius International a little bit better. We realize this is not the best situation. I think that's been laid out a few times by some of the speakers, but God in his providence has chosen this particular way of doing it. And so we have the privilege of bringing to you kind of what the Radius program is and trying to give you a little snapshot of that tonight and why Radius could be a tremendous benefit to your church. We're finding more and more that it's local churches that are seeing the value of Radius. And that's where we're seeing more of our students coming from is churches that actually want to see their students go past one, two, three years and actually see a church planted among an unreached people group. Not necessarily just individuals, but the churches seeing the benefit of it. That's where we're seeing the bulk of our growth as an organization. So I'm really excited that you guys are here for the afternoon and evening, and I hope this is an informative, helpful time for you guys. So I'm going to walk you through a PowerPoint very briefly, and then we'll show a little video at the end of some friends of ours talking about Radius but just this PowerPoint hopefully will give you some of the nuts and bolts of how this program can be an aid to your church and vetting members before they go overseas. So uh, Radius is not a sending agency. We are a training school alone. And so this training, uh, we're gonna walk through some of the details of it kind of in depth here. All right, uh, brief history really quickly of Radius. Number one, uh, 2005, kind of the idea came together from a group of pastors and missions pastors. They got together and asked the question, why are so many of our members making it overseas but not making it longer than two or three years? And it wasn't that they weren't theologically educated. It wasn't that they had great character. It was they didn't have the nuts and bolts, the practicals, of how to do the things that they're being asked to do when they plant a church overseas. And so that's where this idea kind of came together. They looked around the world for various schools, institutions, even sending agencies that were giving this, types of this type of training. And out of that came Radius, seeing that there was nothing. And so we decided that this would be a good way and a good location to start it. Uh, we'll get into location a little bit later. 2012, the first seven students arrived. That was the first year. We're in our eighth year. If you can do the math, 2012 to 2020, uh, seven students. And then I'm just going to fast forward real quick to 2018, 51 students. A uh, second dormitory was completed on our first campus. And then a second campus is in construction. I'm actually speaking to you today from the second campus that is over 15 minutes from the other campus. And then 2019, uh, the second campus was completed and in use. And then probably one of the biggest things that happened, uh, I'll show you this picture. This is the second campus and our student body uh, graduating just last year, last June. Uh, this was an exciting time. Every one of our graduations is exciting, but it's also pretty emotional to see these students and where they're going to go and what they're going to do with their lives. But this was a pretty big process of seeing our program expanding. And then in 2019 as well, in September, Radius Asia began. So Radius International is in the English language. Radius Asia is in Mandarin. And that's our sister organization located over in Taiwan and just uh, teaching the same material, having the same ethos, the same core values. It's just located in a different country and it is for primarily the Mandarin speaking world. So We'll touch on that briefly, but this is a snapshot of the Radius team over there and their first students. They're about eight weeks away from completing their training and they're, uh, just the possibilities of where they're going to go is pretty exciting. So this is our sister school, but that started last year as well.
So real quickly, what is RADIUS? RADIUS is a 10-month program that trains cross-cultural church planners to take the gospel to unreached language groups. Unreached people groups, a lot of people know about those. Language groups is just a tighter way to define that. Located in Mexico, the reason we are located in Mexico is because we find it's easier to train people to grow, to go cross-cultural in a cross-cultural setting. The benefits of training in a developing country and to be able to see the students that are all from their home countries, mostly uh, for Radius International students, they're going to be from the United States and from Canada, but from the English-speaking world coming down here and learning in this environment, learning to speak in Spanish, learning to uh, do their laundry off campus, to buy food, to build friendships. All of that happens in a cross-cultural context, and that brings tremendous value to the program. Uh, some of the things that they get to do on a regular basis is to work and to participate in local markets, to be involved in the local stream of life. You can't get that north of the border, and so we, f we feel that's a tremendous value to the program, and what comes out of it is that the students can go, this is what I did in Mexico, this is what I could do possibly more than 10 months, obviously, in Indonesia, China, India. That confidence comes from the program being in a cross-cultural setting. Uh, again, our students get to know each other really well. About half the class are married couples with kids. Uh, the other half are single students. To come to Radius, the three criteria are, number one, you have to have a college degree. Uh, number two, you have to be fully endorsed by your local church. That is a big one to us. We want to make sure the local church is driving this, not a student who got excited about missions from a conference or from some other individual that talked them into it, but more they're being sent by their local church. And then the third criteria is that they're committed to going to an unreached, unengaged people group. That's a big priority to us. That way, all the students are headed in the same direction. It's intentionally stressful. Uh, we make no bones about that. Radius is not for the faint of heart. We're going to take away their internet for the first five months that they're down here. They can send emails to their loved ones and to their home churches on the weekend. But we're going to take away that social media because we find their concentration goes up and it prepares them for that context where they're going and some of those things that are going to be stripped away from them as they go to those last language groups around the world. There's early morning workouts. There's a handful of other things. Everything from the food that they eat to the living accommodations to the structure of classes, formal and informal, all of it has been designed with a, a certain end goal in mind. And so we, we try and put that up front. This is not a program if you're excited about missions and curious. This is a program for people who are dedicated, who are looking to go to those last locations, and they know the price tag associated with that. These are some of our friends. Uh, just to see young people grow through the program and how they're able to mature, we get to know them in these types of confines and to see them flourish and to pop out the back end going, their confidence level started here and it goes all the way to the top by the time they finish. It's a tremendous privilege and it's some of that's hard to explain until you see it. And I'm going to give you some opportunities at the end of this program to engage with Radius and possibly come down and see the campus and see the students. Helping the local church equip their people for cross-cultural church planning among unreached language groups. People groups, uh, it's another way of saying that, but the language kind of defines that. 
The local church is what we see in Scripture as the tool to accomplish the Great Commission, not good-hearted individuals. And so the local church sending her members is really the way this is going to be accomplished. And so the big dog in the fight, the reason Radius is a training organization and not a sending organization is it allows us not to be beholden to any particular methodology, any particular denomination. Uh, there's just a lot more that we can fight for the local church by being independent in that way. So helping local churches so that your members and your church can see the finish line of the people that you send out. That's really the goal that we're shooting for. Academic, practical, and character training for the modern-day church planner. Modern-day missions is very different than when Adoniram Judson, John Payton, all of those guys went out in previous generations. The things that modern-day church planners have to be able to know, the language they have to be able to speak. I'm not talking about English or Hindi or Mandarin. To be able to know what is short-cycle church planning, disciple-making movements, person of peace, proclamational methodology, all of those things your member and you as a church should have some awareness of. And so to prepare them, not just academically, not just in a practical way to where they know how to live a little bit more ruggedly, but to understand and to know the world that they're stepping into. Radius is a holistic training in that way. Focus of Radius, uh, church planning, training for among UUPGs, unreached, unengaged people groups. We've already mentioned that. Language fluency for the sake of gospel clarity. This is something that Radius is really strong on. We want your member to go overseas and to learn another language, to be able to sound like a local person, not to always sound like a North American. This is a particular North American, I would say weakness, is that when you pick out the North American missionaries overseas, they always sound like they're North American. They never get to that point to where their fluency matches or comes close to the local dialects. Because if you're going to reach unengaged, unreached people groups, language groups, you're gonna to have to go past that first language. You're gonna to have to go to that second minority language. And so we're training the students that come down here to get to those last minority people groups. These are some of our graduates around the world. I don't have enough time to just lay out the stories that are encapsulated in these pictures, uh, how they're doing the rate that they are acquiring language. This is, uh, I don't want to say it's startling, but it's surprising to quite a few agencies how our graduates are doing and the values that they had instilled in them down here. That discipline level carries over to the next context. But these are some of our rock stars that maybe someday you'll read about in a book or hear about or who knows where we'll hear about them. But yeah, by God's grace, they are doing incredibly well in the environments that God's taken them to. Theology of suffering for what lies ahead. This is a major point of teaching down here at Radius is that we are going to teach what it will cost to take the gospel to the last unreached language groups around the world. Statistically, that's around 3,100 still left with no gospel, no disciples, and most importantly, no church. That is the finish line. And so to instill that into our grads, our graduates know that this is going to take 15 to 30 years of their life to see a strong church. To see converts, that's another finish line. But that's not the end goal. To see a local church planted is the end goal. So to teach on the theology of suffering, what happens when you're sick? What happens when you possibly lose a teammate? What happens when the authorities are starting to bear down on you? These are things that we press in 
using biographies from missionaries that came before. These are some of our graduates over in Africa and just some of the things that they're dealing with, uh, the way that they're able to press through hurdles. We're incredibly proud of all of them, and we start to see that theology of suffering played out in their life on a regular basis. Life-on-life discipleship. This is a key component for RADIUS. Uh, We have our students all broken into smaller groups, and they're discipled by a staff member here. They're walked through their work ethic, their ability to be a good teammate, their ability to be a good leader, a good follower, their marriage, their singleness. All of these are points that their discipleship leaders are walking them through on a regular basis. And at the end of each semester, we're able to send back to their home church, here is nine areas of character and competency that your member, how they stack up in the program. And at the end of the program, Radius will tell you, man, we think your member is equipped to do this, or we're not sure, we don't think, or not not sure, we're, we're pretty sure they're not able to do this. And it's much better, we find, for home churches to find that out on this side of the ocean before they send them overseas to be able to have some sort of a vetting mechanism, and the life-on-life discipleship gives us that. So the whole class, like I said, is broken into these community groups. This is my wife and my community group, uh, just the last one that we recently had. These are the ones that we pour into. These three gentlemen are the ones that I pour into for their entire 10-month experience down here and get to vet them and then get to talk to their local churches about where they're growing, where they're weak, and where we see them as they head off to the field, uh, having some strengths that they could add to the church planning process. So this is a huge component to the RADIUS program. And then equal training for fathers and mothers. This is uh, this may sound like a tangent, but it's actually pretty key. We don't want to train a missionary and his wife. We want to train two missionaries. And what that means is we've got to get the mothers in class for the exact same amount of time as the fathers. And so we have this program called Short-Term Staff where we have high school girls, generally graduates from high school that are looking to take a gap year before they uh, go on to college. They come down and they give 10 months of their life to come down and to be of service, to look after the kids, to be part of the hospitality team, but they also get to interact in Mexican society. They get to learn the same program that the students learn for how to learn a language, and they start to have a level of confidence in a foreign uh, context. And on the side of the webinar there, there should be a resource, a little, uh, a little button that you could click. If you're interested in some of the members of your church, the high school girls, college girls, that are looking to take a 10-month uh, break from whatever they're stepping into, I would really recommend this program. We see a lot of these uh, young ladies stepping back in two years, four years later as potential students, and we get to see them rubbing shoulders with some of the heroes of the faith that are going to take the gospel where it's never been before. So I would encourage you to think about this as a possibility for some of your church members. This is a snapshot of uh, one of our recent STS uh, young ladies, the groups of young ladies, and they've grown a little bit in size. I believe we still have five gaps for next year. So if you're interested in that, uh, definitely hit that link and email us. But this is a huge component to allowing mothers and fathers to learn at the same rate through the program. Some core classes. 
Uh, phonetics, phonemics, linguistics, like I said, we take language acquisition very seriously. And because of that, we want the students to know how to break down a language. Many times this language will be written down, but there are, a, of the last 3,100, there's a reason why the last 3,100 are still unreached. They're hard to access. Their languages are difficult. So the students have to know how to break down that language in a way that they're the first ones on the ground there. Culture and language acquisition, again, we've talked about that, how to learn another language in that context. Uh, we, when the students come down, if they already know Spanish, they're gonna learn Haitian Creole. There's a large Haitian population down here in Mexico, and so these are some of our graduates that did the Spanish track, and then another one of our graduates that did the Haitian Creole track. So these are the two tracks available to the students. Soteriology, we find that two areas of doctrine, if missionaries and their churches are able to keep those two areas straight, it wipes out a tremendous amount of the issues today in missions. Soteriology, what is the gospel? How do we communicate the gospel? That's key, and that shouldn't be taken for granted. Business for missions, uh, how to get into a cross-cultural uh, location that is a closed access country and how to stay there. Business is a key aspect to that, so we spend a lot of time talking through that. The other major issue of theology is ecclesiology. What is a church? How do we know when the finish line has been reached? That is something that we dare not take, uh, take for granted. If the, if the students, before they head out, don't know how to express what a local church is, have to, how to have a good ecclesiology that will stand the test of time, there's really not much hope that what they plant, what they leave behind, will last much longer than them. We're looking at planting generational churches, churches that when everyone that's in the present radius class is dead and gone, those churches are still going. That's only going to come through good ecclesiology. High-stress marriage and parenting. Uh, this is a particular class that we found has been tremendously helpful for radius students because of where they're going. These are not average locations. This isn't uh, a rural location with a couple stressors. These are unique stresses and sort of talk through how to parent in those locations and how to uh, live a faithful marriage in those locations is tremendously helpful. Raising normal MKs. Yes, that is a class. That's actually the title of a class. How to have children who are raised overseas that are able to be flexible and to come back to their passport country and fit in with minimal issues. This is a class actually that my wife and I teach. She's got a counseling psychology background. Uh, I was raised overseas and then came back here. I worked in the Netherlands as a chief financial officer for a few years. So we bring a perspective from what we did overseas and from her own background into this class to help the moms especially and the parents think through this. And then obviously church planting. That is the end goal. Converts are a great first step. Churches planted are the final step. And so to talk through what are the stages of planting a church where it has never been before. Uh, recent things, and this will be the wrap-up portion of the presentation. Recent, recent things in the Radius world. Uh, Radius graduates are making an impact around the world. We're seeing the attrition rate that is historically around 60 to 70%. The statistics vary. 60 to 70% of North American missionaries sent overseas do not last longer than two years. Radius training is turning those statistics around in a dramatic fashion. And so we're starting to see that from the graduates that are landing around the world. 
This is a quote. I love this uh, from the, a Pioneers team leader in Indonesia. He says this, there's just something different about the radio students. They struggle much less and take off a lot faster. They seem more ready for what comes at them. And that's because they get somewhat of a dry run down in Mexico. They get to see some of this training played out in a cross-cultural context, and then Indonesia is not as daunting. China is not as daunting. Saudi Arabia is not as daunting because they've gone through a measure of how they're going to practice these things overseas down here in, T or in Mexico. Uh, the GoFund. I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Many of you haven't heard of the GoFund. These are the two young men that are in charge of the GoFund, myself on the right-hand side there. Uh, the GoFund has partnered with Radius, and one of the biggest things we see for missionaries heading overseas, the biggest obstacle, is student debt. And the GoFund uh, has a vetting criteria, and they looked at Radius's vetting criteria. They looked at the way that we train and the way that we allow students in and what they go through before they graduate. And they, uh, we've entered into a partnership to where if a student graduates from Radius and they have anywhere between twenty dollars to $100,000 in student debt, the GoFund will assume that as they move towards the field, but they have to be a Radius graduate. Let me say that again, just so you heard it right. Twenty dollars to $100,000 in student debt assumed by the GoFund as they head overseas and as their Radius graduates, just because the training is so significantly different and it gives them a much better chance of success. So I would encourage you to view the GoFund website. They're friends of ours and they're partners in this. So this has been a tremendous help to the Radius organization. And then free resources. Um, I Man, I'll just brag on this. Uh, three of the organizations that we work closely with is Banner of Truth, a tremendous resources. Uh, most of them come from the Puritan background, just enjoy these brothers and what they put out so much. And they give a lot of free resources to the Radius students. So the Radius students get grounded in Banner of Truth uh, materials, Desiring God. Many of you guys will know who John Piper is. Uh, we also get their resources. And then, of course, Nine Marks. Uh, we appreciate those brothers and what they bring to the ecclesiology of our students. This is what comes as a radius student comes into the program. These are some of the free resources that come to our students. And then churches are becoming more involved in the missiological discussion. We find that as churches get involved, agencies and methodologies start to change. The church is the driving focus of missions, not agencies, not excited individuals. The church, and as we see the church starting to engage more, we're excited about that because we feel like it's coming back more into a vein to where it's biblically substantiated. How missions is done has some bedrock to it. Uh, Radius recently held a debate. If you go to the website, radiusinternational.org, and you look on resources, there's a debate there about one of the current methodologies out there, disciple-making movements. And one of our board members uh, debating with one of the advocates of disciple-making movements. And so I would encourage you, get involved in that discussion, and we find that's happening more and more. And then a growing list of advocates. Uh, these are some pictures of different guys that are going to be our uh, Radius Missiology Conference speakers this year and next year. So this year's Missiology Conference is June 24th and 25th. Uh, David Jeremiah, Ian Hamilton of Banner of Truth, and David Platt will be our keynote speakers in San Diego in June 24th and 25th. There should be a little link uh, to that on this webinar, so go ahead and uh, click on that if you're interested in that. And then next year, uh, Mark Dever and John Piper 
will be keynote speakers for us for the next Radius Missiology Conference. That'll be at Bethlehem Baptist in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So if you're interested in hearing these guys speak on missions and some of the reasons uh, why Radius is starting to rise in some different circles, I would, I would encourage you to possibly uh, look at coming for those conferences. Obviously, coronavirus is one of the concerns we have for the June 24th, 25th, but as of right now, we feel like that's still a possibility to happen. So these are some of the advocates, guys that have been on campus, all but John Piper of these gentlemen have been on campus, have taught classes, have been part of things down here, and we're starting to see more and more individuals involved with it. Uh, how to connect with Radius. RadiusInternational.org is the website to go to. This will provide you with everything that we have, our core values, uh, our definition of a church. That's an important thing. Uh, there's other things on there, but I would encourage you to go there. The Radius Report. This is a report that comes out on a three-week, four-week basis. Uh, it's moving to a blog fairly soon here, but looking at current issues uh, in missions and speaking from the staff perspective, from the board perspective, these are the things that we see happening in the Radius world and then different uh, video clips. This would just be something that I, I would put into your missions pastor's hands as a resource for understanding the missions world today. And then I just spoke about it, the Radius Missiology Conference, the one coming up this year uh, will be in San Diego. I would encourage you to be there for that. That's a great opportunity uh, to get to know the program and why Radius is so different from a sending agency and how it can be a help to your local church. Uh, this is the graphic for that. Some of the keynote speakers down below. Again, a great opportunity. And then finally, Radius Day. This is happening November 5th and 6th. This is when we have potential students and when we have pastors. Uh, those are the two key demographics that come for this. I've got to warn you, those have been sold out now for two years in a row. This year will probably be no different. We can only handle about 200 to 250 guests on the campus. If you're interested in that, I would go to the radiusinternational.org. I would register soon because we will have a large amount uh, based off of a handful of things. But to come down, see the program, meet the students, talk with the staff, eat a couple tacos, get to see where your potential church members are going to get training, this is a great opportunity. So Radius Day, November 5th and 6th. I'm going to close uh, with a little video. Uh, this will be Mark uh, Dever and Ian Hamilton speaking on the significance of Radius. So uh, we'll watch this and then we'll wrap it up. Radius is about reaching unreached people groups. When you go to a, a culture that's a different language than yours, almost certainly you're ending up in a kind of majority language that's been reached. And there are other peoples still more hidden that relate to that majority language. And it's those people who are often almost entirely unreached. And they take more sustained cross-cultural effort. Is there a way we can better train people so that they will be able to have more realistic expectations of what life is like in the kind of two steps away from my culture and be able to sustain family life with its normal difficulties there so that there can be a long years and even decades long witness in that culture. And it seems like Radius is set up to try to provide that training. I find it hard to express this, but the brief time of the last two years that I've had in contact with Radius has been a signal moment, actually, 
in my Christian life for myself and my wife Joan. But to see young lives gladly giving themselves to decades of language study, language acquisition, culture acquisition, knowing that it may take 5, 10, 15 years before they can meaningfully set before this language group the grace and love of God in Jesus Christ. That's just been very moving for me and I regularly am thankful to God for the privilege of having a little contact with Radius. I would just encourage any pastor who's listening to this, pray if the Lord would not have a couple in your church or maybe a single man or a single woman who you think, yeah, at least get them to go on a Radius Day. Maybe your church sponsor it and see what they think. And don't, don't send you know, your most awkward people. You know, send, send your best people who might, who might survive the two sort of cultural sonic booms getting across to, to reach those people who, who don't know the Lord. They, they haven't heard the gospel. Uh, and you might have a couple in your church who could be a key for that group in the gospel.